0: Sons of Saturday, Virginia Tech Hoops Pod. Ed, since the last time we recorded, the Hokies picked up a big win over the weekend against Syracuse and then basically shot the lights out the gym on the road at Miami but couldn't get enough stops to win. One-in-one uh, one stretch since we've last talked. That is um, okay. You know, it, it could have been a little better. It's okay. Uh, it would have been nice to pick up a Q1 win on the road, but... I thought the Hokies played well enough offensively, uh, just didn't get enough stops. So still work to do, Ed, still work to do.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of went, went into the stretch of Miami and Virginia feeling like they needed one of the two. Um, they didn't get it down in Miami. So Saturday in the Castle is a huge game against UVA that I think Virginia Tech uh, pretty much needs. So uh, we'll recap Syracuse and Miami briefly, and then we'll touch on what we think the Hokies need to do differently to handle business against Virginia. Uh, This coming Saturday I'll be at the game I'm really excited Uh, I haven't been to a UVA I guess anything game In a long time So football or basketball So it should be a good time Actually that's not true I went to the away game And we lost So uh, I haven't been to one In Blacksburg I'll I'll put it that way
0: Yeah um, I haven't been to a Game against UVA Since I was a student So I graduated in 2015 It's been a while Um, I've been to tech basketball Games since then Just not a Not a UVA game So they're always fun They're always a good time Let's talk about Syracuse real quick. One of Tech's best games of the season, I thought. Um, offensively played really, really well. Uh, the best the defense has looked, honestly, in two months. Kind of took a step back against Miami. We'll get into that in a second. But, you know, I thought the game against Syracuse start to finish, the showing both offensively and defensively was really good. Grant Basile had another really good game. Um, that's becoming a trend, which I think is, is good. If, if the Hokies want to make a late-season push, I think he's going to have to continue to play well. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, my takeaway here is I thought this was the most complete game the Hokies have played in conference play.
1: Yeah, I think Virginia Tech, from the jump, uh, looks phenomenal against Syracuse. He scored 52 points in the first half, shot 53% from the floor, 40% from three. Hunter Couture hit six threes. Um, It's kind of what you would expect a team that's built the way ours is to do against that zone. Um, And, you know, we got good looks at the basket up in Syracuse and just didn't knock them down, but – Uh, Having Hunter Couture on the wing against that zone allows you to do so much. And Justin Mutz played a really, really good game. He finished with 11, 8, and 12. So uh, very, very good game from Justin Mutz as the centerpiece of that zone-breaking offensive scheme. Vasily was awesome. Uh, 25 points, 8 rebounds on 11 of 23 shooting. He's been pretty much awesome since they played up in the carrier dome. I mean, I, I remember him playing really well up there. He played really well on the road at UVA, really well against Duke. Another good one against Syracuse. So Vasily definitely found his footing. He's been fantastic. MJ Collins shot the ball really well against the Syracuse zone, knocked down a couple in the corner. He finished with uh, three of five from three-point land with uh, 11 points. So really good shooting from MJ Collins. Saw 27 minutes out of John Camden, which was uh, kind of a result of, I think, Maddox being out due to his family issue and – being against the zone where you have a guy like Camden who can shoot the ball. Uh, He played really good defense too. I want to add that. Like I thought John played a really good game all around in his 27 minutes against Syracuse. I finished with eight points, three assists and six rebounds, zero turnovers in 27 minutes. So that's a very solid performance for John Camden off the bench against that Syracuse zone. Um, Overall, it's kind of hard to add too much context to a game like this when Virginia Tech is just shooting the lights out and scores 52 points in the first half um yeah the only thing you worry about there is when you're up that big in the first half is getting knocked around in the second half because you're not paying attention Um, and Virginia Tech lost the second half but only by four points so overall 85 to 70 victory in a game that um the Hokies had from the jump so very good performance against the Syracuse zone bouncing back off of the lackluster performance up in Syracuse
0: yeah separated in the first half basically held consistent in the second half I mean I I didn't come away from this game, like disappointed in how tech played in the second half. I just thought they kind of cruise and yeah. not cruising in the way where like, Oh, they're screwing around, you know, <laughs> they're throwing the game away. They're making a bunch of stupid plays. Like that's not really how it went. I mean, they just kind of maintained their big lead and um, I, just an easy win, which there hasn't been many games like this this year. It's it's, it was nice. It was refreshing. I um, want to circle back to your John Camden point. Cause this is kind of like a larger point I want to make on this podcast. Camden, for the minutes he's getting right now, and he played a ton against Syracuse, not as much against Miami, but I thought he gave Tech really good minutes, and we'll get to that in a minute, against Miami. And this is becoming a trend, right, where it seems like John Camden, regardless of kind of what the st- like the counting stats indicate, it does seem like he's getting a bit more comfortable. Um, the, the one quantifiable thing you can look at is rebounding. I thought he's rebounded the ball really well. He rebounded the ball well um, against Syracuse. He had six rebounds. Um, came in, rebounded the ball well against Miami, but it's the defense too. Um, he's defending at a pretty high level right now and he's giving the Hokies something off the bench from a defensive standpoint that I think they've been really lacking at times this year. So even in the Miami game where Tech did not, I mean, Miami made a bunch of shots you know, that were well defended, but Tech left a lot of guys open too. I thought John Camden looked, he was probably one of the two or three most consistent players on that end of the floor in that game. So Camden continuing to give the Hokies good man. So I think it's going to be really, really important um, moving forward. If tech wants to get to um, where they want to get to with the late season push. So having another body off the bench, kind of adding to the depth um, is important, especially on the wing and, um, you know, kind of at, at the guard spots, the Hokies have been lacking. So Camden just having another, you know, sm- smaller body, you know, so to speak, not, not playing at the four of the five, um, and kind of contributing in that way I think is really important. So, uh, yeah, really nice to see him play well against Syracuse and kind of continue forward. And, Ed, let's just get into the Miami game here because, I mean, there's not too much more to say here against Syracuse unless you had anything to add. Nope, we can move on. All right, so let's move on to the Miami game. So Tech loses on Tuesday night to Miami, a tough one, 92-83 to on the road in Coral Gables. Um, Shelton Moss referenced this on the Boundary Corner podcast that they recorded um, after the game. Tech is the first team in the country this year to lose a 50-40-90 game. That's 50% from the floor, 40% from 3 and 90% from the line. <laughs> they are the first team in the country as of, you know, Tuesday night anyway, to lose in that manner. I'm willing to bet that there weren't any teams in the country last night, Wednesday night, as we sit here recording Thursday morning, that accomplished that feat. Virginia Tech a bit snake bit in this basketball game, played extremely well offensively. Um, we mentioned Grant Basili who I thought had the best offensive game of anybody on, on the team, actually finished with 17 points, wasn't even the leading scorer. That was Sean Padula and Hunter Kator, who had basically identical stats. Um, Padula played all 40 minutes. He was 6 of 10 from the floor. Hunter Kator played 39 minutes. He was 6 of 10 from the floor. Couture hit three threes. Padula hit two of them. Um, they were both perfect from the free throw line. I thought both of them played pretty well offensively. The one thing I will mention, though, again, that we've kind of discussed here on this podcast frequently when Virginia Tech loses is Sean Padula is having issues with turnovers. He had six of them in this game against Miami. A lot of them were ill-timed in the second half. Um, You know, when, when your starting point guard has basically half of your team's turnovers, that's not going to be a winning formula. Tech had 14 turnovers. Padula had six of them. That continues to be an issue. The one thing we did see Virginia Tech clean up in this basketball game is the front court turnovers were actually pretty minimal. Um, Grant Basile didn't have any turnovers. Mutz had two of them. Um, and really, you know, if you're looking at Virginia Tech from that standpoint, with your two starting bigs um, not really turning the ball over, yes, Lynn Kidd had a couple off the bench. Um, but when, when your two starting forwards aren't turning the ball over at the clip that they have, that is a positive. But your starting point guard's got to clean up um, the turnovers a little bit. He's got a lot on his plate. He played all 40 minutes. I get that. But you know, we can't turn the ball over that much for Virginia tech to kind of be where they want to be in these close games.
1: Yeah. And close games, the first stats I always go to look at in the box score afterwards is rebounding and turnovers. Virginia tech lost both those categories. Um, Virginia tech turned the ball over 14 times, Miami 11, Miami had 27 rebounds. We had 21. So, um, those two stats alone, you know, those three turnovers alone were kind of a separating factor in this one. Um, but overall I thought Virginia tech played a really, really good game. Um, you know, you referenced uh, Shelton Moss's point on the 50, 40, 90. But then if you look at Miami, they were 58, 42, and 82. So they weren't too far behind us. All right. Yeah. So let's not pretend like um, they didn't play a really good game, too. Right. But look, for me, this game was incredibly even matched until Nigel Park went crazy at the end. and that's what you give a guy $800,000 in NIL money to do is to score 17 points in the final seven minutes of a game and close it out and win. So he scored 17 in the final seven, guys, 17 points. Five threes. On five threes. You can say we didn't play good defense. I'll tell you you're crazy. He was pulling up from the logo and hit 17 points in seven minutes. So sometimes you can play a perfect basketball game, and the other team just has one or two guys who can just kick it into a gear that you don't have anybody like that on your team. We don't have Isaiah Wong, and we don't have Nigel no. and that was the difference in this game. Um, yes, could Virginia Tech have done a better job on pocket at the end? I guess so. But when he's throwing them in like that, he was 6 of 8 from the 4 and 5 of 7 from 3. All of his points came in the last seven minutes of the game. Virginia Tech did a relatively good job slowing Isaiah Wong down for the most part. He hit one ridiculous three. Late in the shot clock down in the corner right in front of Virginia Tech's bench in the first half. Um facility played good defense there too. He had a hand in his face and everything. There's just nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Uh, we've played Wong extremely well and he's still at 18 points. Yeah. So that I for me, that is pound pound for pound the best backcourt in in the league for sure. And maybe in the country, it's you know, probably a top five backcourt in all of college basketball and Pac and Wong. So I thought Virginia Tech played a really good basketball game. I thought we got really good looks on offense. Lynn Kidd was really good off the bench. Um, he was three of four from the floor. He was three of three from the floor. They went to him like three three possessions out of like six maybe that he was in in the first half, scored all three times, and then he was just a non-factor in the second half on the offensive end. So I would love to see him get more touches in a one-on-one situation because he's converting at a high high clip. Um, Elijah Petit, two of two. So those guys were really good off the bench. Um, overall, Grant played another really good game. I thought Hunter Couture played a really good game. up but for the six turnovers, had a solid game. And I think we're just learning with him. And it's, it's no knock on him. It's to be expected. If you're going to have a guy play 35-plus, you're going to have to live with some sloppy plays here and there because he's just tired. He played 40 minutes. like. And if you look at who came in off the bench and Camden to M-Poteet and Kid, there's no backup point guard there. So no. until Darius Maddox is back and maybe you can use him as a point guard – in spot situations to bring the ball up and spare Padula. Sean's in a tough spot. I mean, he's 6 of 10. He shot the ball well, 6 of 6 from the line. It's just the six turnovers where he got sloppy. And, you know, overall, I thought Virginia Tech played a good game. And I I really look forward to that rematch in Castle Coliseum. I think that will be a really good game uh, in a few weeks.
0: I don't think we've seen a usage rate out of a point guard. Now, I don't know that if the if the numbers back this up, so I'm talking out of my you know what a little bit here, but um I don't think we've seen a usage rate like this out of a point guard since maybe Devin Wilson in the James Johnson days. Yeah, yeah. Early probably. Buzz Williams. I mean, it's been a while. I I I mean tech was terrible and, and their program was in a in a much different spot than it is now. At the time, Devin Wilson was playing like 39, 40 minutes a game and there was just no backup point guard. Um, That's kind of where we're at right now because of injuries to Rodney Rice, Darius Maddox being out of the lineup. Um, MJ Collins kind of coming into his own. I mean, he's brought the ball up some. You know, even in this game, Padula was on the floor the entire time, but we did see MJ Collins bring up the ball a little bit in this basketball game. You know, Hunter Couture has been out of the lineup. So, like, a lot has been on Padula, uh, and I'm not – you know that that's not lost on me. I understand that, uh, but and like you mentioned, anytime you have a usage rate as high as Sean Padula's, you're going to have some sloppy turnovers that you're going to have to live with. And Tech can't really afford to take him off the floor right now. And it's it's a tough spot that the Hokies are in in the backcourt. I will say that. Um, I will say, defensively, I thought it could have been better. Um, I don't think. I mean. Pocketing the shots that he hit down the stretch. I mean, the, the final heat check logo three, that was like the dagger. It's like, what are you going to do about that, right? You're like, You can put a hand up all day, which I'm not expecting you have to put a hand up the logo. But when they're hitting shots from that, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, tech, again, like they're struggling a little bit on rotations. Uh, they're not great in the pick and roll. You mentioned this, Ed, on the last podcast, I think. We're just like body positioning at times. It just feels like Tech is just a little bit out of position, maybe defensively, and it's put them in a tough spot. When you face a Miami team that's a good shooting team to begin with and then has the night that they had on top of it where they're shooting basically at, at the high end of kind of where where they should be, it's going to be tough. Um, there was never a moment in this game where I was sitting there and, and it was going back and forth. It sounds kind of silly, but there wasn't a moment in this game where I was like, confident that Tech was going to be able to pull it out, even though they were kind of matching basket for basket. There were a billion lead changes. It just felt like Tech couldn't get the stop, right? And it's just tough to go on the road against Jim Laranaga and, and the roster that he has and get a win like that. Certainly the offense played well enough to win. I just found myself questioning you know, throughout that game on Tuesday night whether or not Tech was going to be able to get enough stops. The answer ultimately was, was no, but I didn't expect a nine-point loss either. That was just all on Nigel King, the shots they hit down the stretch. I mean, that was an unbelievable stretch of basketball. There was professional shot making in this game. It's not often you can say that about a college basketball game where it's like a lot of professional shot making. That's what it was. You mentioned the, um, the shot in the corner that Isaiah Wong hit in the first half. Basili was all over him in the corner. I mean, had a hand in his face. Um, Wong didn't necessarily catch it cleanly. He was kind of going up, kind of fading, f- fading away a little bit, like kind of away from the, away from the hand of Grant Facility. It was great defense and that's just high level shot making. Um, Nigel Pock hitting, you know, pulling up from 35 feet. I mean, You can't really do much about that. Right. So it's a, it's just a tough loss. I thought tech offensively, once again, played well enough to win. I think defensively, This team has um, struggled at times this year. I think you have guys who are – it's a mix of, like, decent team defenders, right? And then you have a a mix of guys who maybe don't defend at the highest level, right? Um, I think Grant Basile has been better. I think that uh, defensively, you know, at the start of ACC play, certainly uh, everybody kind of talked about the toughness issue, right, And, and, you know, rebounding and, you know, staying in front of your guy. People were questioning that. I think those were fair criticisms at the start of conference play. I think Vasily's been better defensively. Mutz Mutz has been fantastic defensively. He's kind of the anchor, right? And we know that Hunter Couture is the best defender on the team. So really, you're putting a lot on Padula, who's an okay defender, but he's playing 40 minutes a night, right? And then you're putting a lot on MJ Collins, who's played as a true freshman. So that's kind of where Tech's at right now with their starting five. Um, even if you insert Darius Maddox back into the lineup bed, we, we know that Darius Maddox is, is used more for his offense than his defense as well. So, you know, maybe playing John Camden a little bit more kind of eases the burden defensively a little bit with how he's been able to, to defend one-on-one. You know, maybe that helps things a little bit. But if you do that, you might be taking a little bit away offensively too. I know he's a knockdown shooter, but he's got to have that confidence coming off the bench to kind of do that consistently, which we saw a little bit of against Syracuse and we've seen it in spurts, but I don't know if we've seen it consistently enough where Mike Young's going to be like, yeah, I can, I can put this guy in the starting lineup or I can put him you know, bring him in off the bench and play him like big, big minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that seeing how the, seeing how much John Camden plays moving forward, especially against a team like UVA will be really interesting to keep an eye Mm -hmm. on. Um, And I guess we could just kind of jump right into UVA now. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give a quick recap of, you know, that first UVA game lost by 10 um, we're down by nine going into halftime. Yep. Lost the second half by one. I thought the overall score of the game was closer than a ten-point loss on the road to a really good UVA team. Yep. Um, so, just kind of some highlights. I thought Keyhead Clark was awesome in that game. Virginia Tech did a really bad job guarding him. Uh, he was seven to fourteen from the floor with twenty points. That cannot happen in Castle. Uh, Keyhead Clark, Clark cannot score seventeen po- or twenty points. Sorry, um, <laughs> against Virginia Tech on Saturday for us to win this game. Uh, other than that, though, I thought Virginia Tech did a really good job holding Jaden Gardner and Ben Vanderplas and Armand Franklin in check. You know, those guys finished with 12, 10, and 15, respectively. Um, Virginia Tech limited UVA's bench to only 10 points total, spread across three guys and Shedrick, Dunn, and McNeely. Um, so, you know, what Virginia Tech needs to do to win in Castle is play almost the same game you played at UVA, except limit Key Clark. I mean, the guy's not a fifty percent shooter who's gonna drop twenty on you, and you can't allow him to become one uh, due to bad defense. So guarding Key A Clark, it will be was my biggest takeaway from the loss at Virginia. And then turning back to the Hokies and what we need to do a little bit better. Um, you know, first of all, I really hope Darius Maddox is able to play in this game because Darius yeah. Maddox is really, really good at UVA. Uh, He finished five of nine from the floor, three of four from three with 13 points in 25 minutes, zero turnovers. He played an awesome game in Charlottesville. Um, And I I would love to see him back on the floor Saturday. I think that would give us a huge boost. Maybe Mike Young goes to something where he keeps MJ Collins in the starting lineup and brings Darius in off the bench uh, back kind of to that role he was in last year. I think that could make a lot of sense, especially coming off of a two game layoff for Darius. So that's something to keep an eye on going into this one. Um, Overall, Virginia Tech only turned the ball over eight times at UVA and scored 68 points. Uh, they played really, really well offensively. UVA only scored, only turned the ball over five times, though. So trying to force UVA to turn the ball over a little bit, I know that's a tall task. Those guys don't turn it over, but um, you know you lose the turnover battle by three, and then we lost the rebounding battle by three as well. So those those few possession differences can be can be huge in a close game. Uh, both teams assisted. On 19 baskets in that game. So overall it was very evenly matched. Um, I thought Hunter Couture was awesome in that one, even though he was just coming back from injury. And there were multiple times where I saw him grimace and held his elbow and it was really concerning, but he's obviously had a few more games under his belt. So I look for him to have a really good one uh, on Saturday. Champa duel This was another game last time where he had to play 40 minutes. Uh, unfortunately, he only had two turnovers, but he was gassed on the defensive end and had a really hard time guarding Kihei as a result of playing those 40 minutes. So, Finding a way to keep Sean fresh will be huge for Virginia Tech. And then continuing the success that Justin Mutz and Grant Basile have had, you know, kind of since that UVA game. Justin Mutz had 10 and 7 and 6 rebounds against UVA last time. If he can distribute the ball at that level, uh, Virginia Tech should find themselves in a very good position around, you know, one thirty in the afternoon on Saturday with a chance to close out a really big win that they need at this point in the season. So uh, I just think – we had the right game plan against them the first time we usually do have the right game plan against them under, under Mike Young, Um, just playing a little bit better defense and hopefully the home crowd and castles rocking and can give these guys the juice they need to get this win because they need it at this point. Yeah,
0: it's a must win. It's a must win. Um, We were talking on the, on the last podcast about Tex resume and tournament hopes that was before the Syracuse game. Um, and we were talking about, you know, five, the five games that were left that were potentially against Q1 opponents. Right. And we were talking about, you know, the game against Miami, the tech just lost on the road. We were talking about this UVA game here on Saturday. We were talking about the second Duke game on the road, um, a home game against Pittsburgh, which may not be Q1. That might end up being Q2. Um, But I mean, there are some big games here coming up and we were talking about, you know, the stretch where, you know, Tech's got to Tech's gotta beat Miami now in, in Castle later on this year, right? They, they got to get this game against UVA. We were saying if Tech picked up three of these and if that North Carolina or Duke win from earlier in the year goes back into Q1, that would probably give Tech five Quadrant One victories. And in a 20-win season, assuming no more bad losses, a 20-win regular season probably gets Tech in the field, right? Or at least on the fringe, which is all you can hope for given how Tech started conference play this is a gigantic game. Um, You mentioned the Kihei Clark piece. I think that's really, really important for me to just kind of emphasize everything you just said, Ed, um, because, you know, you mentioned Padula struggling on the defensive end. He was gassed, really tired. It's hard to guard Kihei Clark for 40 minutes. He's always moving around. He's extremely quick. He's annoying to play against. Um, Keeping Padula fresh, I think is the most important. You made a lot of good points there. I think that's the most important point you made. I think Darius Max being able to play would, would go a long way um, to helping make that happen. If Darius can't go, um, could Tech still win this game? Absolutely. Um, I, I think there's just going to have to be um, consistent, de- more consistent defense played on Kihei Clark. Um, limiting the turnovers offensively is going to be really important. You can't give a team like UVA extra possessions. People are going to laugh at me and say, well, that's crazy. UVA's offense, you know, they're they are known for not, you know, they're known for their defense, not their offense. This is a really good offensive team this year. You know, UVA is averaging almost 71 points per game. Um, they're scoring this year too. So they're playing great defense, they're scoring. Um, this, is, this is one of the best offensive teams that um, Tony Bennett's had in Charlottesville since the championship year, I think. They're, they're really good offensively. So Tech's got to be consistent on the defensive end of the floor. Um, I do think the Crowded Castle will give the Hokies a big lift, um, but it's really going to come down to the little things, limiting turnovers, um, winning the rebounding battle, the two things we've kind of hammered on this podcast. This is a must win on Saturday. This would be, a if Tech's able to pick this up, this would be a gigantic win, um, a, a big, a big, 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 big resume boost. Because Tech's 0 and 7 on the road, Ed, so you gotta win the home games, right? Yeah. I mean, Tech's not winning road games right now. So you gotta win the
1: big ones at home. Yeah, it's shocking how how bad they've been on the road. So yeah, I agree with everything. Um, I think my top three points are keep the duel afresh, play really good on ball defense and don't turn it over. I, I know that's you know kind of the blueprint to playing UVA every year, but especially those, you know, those unfortunately their strengths have kind of been our weaknesses. So we need to do a really good job of not turning it over and giving them extra possessions. Um, it, it should be a really good game. I'm I'm happy that it's at noon so that I can <coughs> excuse me so that I can drive back up 81, and come home Saturday night. But it's also kind of lame that it's at noon because it's Tech UVA. So um, bittersweet there. But I'm really excited to be down there in Casper for this game. I think it's going to be a really good one. I hope everybody shows up and is loud uh, for that early tip off because um, you know we saw what the environment can do for Syracuse and for Duke and. These big wins Virginia Tech has in Castle this year, all of their big wins are in Castle. Uh, North Carolina was also on game where the crowd was raucous. So uh, I think if it's a good environment and the guys take care of the little things, they'll come out of there with a win and, you know, keep, keep kind of their at-large bid hopes alive. So uh, I'm, I'll be down there. It should be really fun. I'll be with Billy Ray. Uh, if anybody else is there, hit us up on Twitter, at uh, Sons of Saturday. And then I'll also be down there tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. I'll be down there tonight for the women's game against Syracuse uh, in Castle as well. I'm really excited for that. I haven't gotten a chance to watch this women's team play in person yet. So looking forward to that one as well. It should handle business against Syracuse who's 14 and eight and uh, number 13 Hokies are 17 and four as it sits right now. So really looking forward to being in Castle for that game, uh, be in Blacksburg for a couple of days, hit both the men's and the women's teams games. And hopefully we go 2 and 0 over the next 72 hours uh, in Honhurst and can you know, look towards next week and keep the men's season and the at-large hopes alive, man.
0: Late ladies team, by the way, coming off a pretty big win against UVA. No, yeah, tough swept. loss last week. So it was good to pay tough loss against Duke last week. So I know it was big to, to pick up a win against UVA up their own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They swept, swept uh, UVA this year in the two games they played them. So that's awesome.
0: Real quick before we wrap up, um, If tech beats UVA, there's an opportunity for the Hokies to go on a little bit of a run here and they're going to need to, right? I mean, they got to win basically every game. It feels like they got to win almost every game the rest of the way. Um, but after this Boston college next Wednesday, Notre Dame, a week from Saturday, um, at Georgia tech, um, middle of the week, um, in in two weeks. So, you know, tech obviously owes BC one after that weird loss in Chestnut Hill where tech lost Hunter Couture, but tech wasn't playing well enough to win that game. When Hunter Couture was in the game, um, (laughs) That was before Christmas, and that was just a very weird 6.30 tip, not playing very well. Ugly game to watch. Tech needs to play a lot better against Boston College this time around because while BC is not a great team, they're good enough. (laughs) They're annoying to play. Much like Syracuse, they're annoying to play. So Tech owes them one. Um, Then they go on the road to South Bend to play Notre Dame at Georgia Tech before coming back home. In, in a pretty big stretch um, to, to close the year, three in a row, that Tech's got to win at least a couple of them, Pitt, Miami, and Duke, two at home, one on the road, um, before finishing at at Louisville and home against Florida State, which are not going to boost any resumes. So it'll kill you if you lose some of these games, right? Um, but Tech's going to have to pick up every, every big win they can get the rest of the way if they want to have a shot. Ed, you mentioned 20 wins overall, um, may get Tech in. I tend to agree with that. And I think that's still the case even after losing Miami on Tuesday night.
1: Yep. Seven and two down the stretch. Easier said than done. Seven and two. And,
0: uh, basically (laughs) tell me what the two losses are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to beat UVA. Excuse me. I can't get rid of this cop. You have to beat UVA. You have to handle business against Boston college, Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. And then that three game stretch of Pitt, Miami and Duke, um, you know, you got to win at least one. Um, and other than that, you have to handle business against Louisville and Florida state. So if they handle business Saturday and are able to knock off Virginia and it would be a huge win. Um, one of the bigger wins of the Mike young era, to be honest. Yeah. Um, You then, you then have to just, you know, hold serve against those teams that you'll be favored against before that big three game stretch, which fortunately two are at home, right? Yeah. I mean, Duke, Duke on the road, that's always going to be really, really difficult, but, um, you know, if I had to guess, they if they win seven out of the next nine, they beat Virginia, Boston College, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Hit. Mm, lose to Miami, lose to Duke, beat Florida, Louisville, and beat Florida State. So is, is that enough? I don't know. If
0: that's don't enough. Know. It'll be close. Yeah. yeah,
1: I don't know. I think Miami's really good, so I'm I'm pretty high on those guys. But we did just yeah. play them very well down there and could easily beat them at home. So it's very possible that this, this team could go seven and two. It just they can't have any of the mental lapses they had against Boston College or Wake Forest or Clemson both times or, you know, those things, those games they should have won during that stretch that they didn't. Um, can't afford any more of those. And that's that's what made the Miami loss the other day so frustrating. It was um, – it I I wanted to win the game, but I just – I was sitting there watching it and I was like, dang, this game should not mean as much as it does, but, man, does it mean a lot right now. so um, But because of that stretch, that game on Saturday meant a lot, which means – Every game thereafter means, you know, that much more as well. So, I think the Hokies have a really good shot Saturday against UVA. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but that's all I've got, Mike. Anything left from you? A
0: loss to a loss to BC or Notre Dame wouldn't be great, but a loss to either eight and fourteen Georgia Tech, three and nineteen Louisville, or seven and sixteen Florida State would be a lot worse. So, pick out two losses wisely if you're going to lose two of them. Yep, I agree. All right, man. Well. Big game this weekend. Then there's a game in the middle of the week. So I I don't know when we'll record next. We could record after UVA, depending on the outcome. We could wait um, about a week and, and record um, after the Boston College game. But regardless, hopefully the Hokies are able to pick up a big win. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the women's game tonight. Enjoy the men's game this weekend. Um, hopefully the Hokies can go 2-0 in that stretch.
1: Yeah, I'm fired up for it. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably do some sort of content after UVA regardless, but we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out.
0: Yeah. All right, sounds good. And until next week, go Hokies. Go Hokies.
2: It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, till we can't stand but I saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh I notice what you're thinking please don't go. let it sink and trash friend's place wake up the next day and do it again and all that she said is and all that she said is enough to reach out to